from Being Human, and you're listening to the TV Times 3 podcast. Yeah. We sit glued to the TV set all night. And every night. Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright. We got nothing better to do than watch TV and have a couple of... Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 167. On this episode, we've got some news, and then we'll be talking about... uh, our favorite uh, Super Bowl commercials, and then discussing recent episodes of House of Cards, Being Human, The Americans, uh, 30 Rock, and Elementary. Uh, plus, uh, Kyle's got a reality check for us and uh, some TV on DVD picks at the end. You can find the full show notes with time codes for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 167. I'm Jason the TVaholic from tvaholic.com, and this week I have joining me... I'm Stephanie from TVRewindPodcast.com. And I'm Kyle from NoReruns.net. Thank you both for joining me. Thanks for having me back. How do you back? Yeah, this this was supposed to be, uh, we were doing, we had three spots open to uh, have listeners on as guests, and uh, we got two. So the next two weeks we'll have uh, people that have been listening for a while uh, on as guests, and uh, Stephanie agreed to uh, jump on and uh, fill the le- the open spot. But I wanted to announce uh, a little bit of for next, for next month, we want to hear from you who you would like to hear from. Uh, somebody that we've had on the podcast, but we haven't had in a while. Uh, somebody from a blog or other podcast that you listen to that you would like to hear uh, on this podcast. Maybe somebody that talks about uh, on another podcast that talks about one specific show or something like that, but you'd like to hear what they think about a variety of TV shows, uh, write in and uh, let us know who you'd like to hear on the podcast in March, and we'll try and get them scheduled. And with that, we'll jump into the news. Uh, the first topic on our list is BBC America has picked up Ripper Street for a second season. Uh, either of you watching uh, Ripper Street? Yeah, I've been enjoying that. Uh, I actually like it more than Copper, the the last series they had. So I'm I'm glad it got picked up for another season. I haven't seen it, but I've heard good things about it. Yeah, I've heard good things, but I just haven't been able to to fit it into my TV watching schedule. Like I'm still, I was gone for a week at the at the beginning of January, and that got me behind as things were starting to come back, and I'm still trying to catch up. So that one's been. Uh, has gotten uh, dropped off the list uh, there, but uh, hopefully I can get caught up with it before the next season. Uh, the next thing on the list is CBS has now finally officially announced that How I Met Your Mother will be back for a ninth season and uh, that that will be the final season of How I Met Your Mother. And also they've picked up NCIS for an 11th season. So what do you think about the How I Met Your Mother official announcement? Stephanie? It's like the worst kept secret ever because that was news <laughs> months ago. And um, I'm glad they finally have an end date for it. So they actually have a destination that they're working towards. And we actually will meet the mother next season, possibly, or maybe even this season. So I'm glad they finally have an end date so they can have wrapping things up and get a whole season to tie up those ends and all the other things that they're working on. And what about you, Kyle? I would have been happy if it ended this season, but I'm glad it at least has an end date now. And so I'll continue to watch all the way through the end. Yeah, I'm just interested to see what they're going to do next season because everything, the way this season was built, this was built to be the last season. And you can still see it in episodes now that I wonder how they're going to get to the end of this season and Ted have not met the mother, how they make it go for another season or what they're going to do. Unless they do a season worth of, we actually have the mother in the group and see her. I'd be them. perfectly fine with that. I, that'd, be, that'd be, that'd be good. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what they're going to do. Cinemax has picked up Banshee for a second season. Uh, either of you been watching Banshee? I think it's been great. Like last, this past week's episode was really good, except, uh, it's become a little too skinamaxy. Like there, and it's such a good show. They really don't need any of that, but they keep they, like it was even amplified from past episodes. Like even worse week. than the than the oh, it was episode. Like, it, it, there were at least three or four different scenes that were thrown in for no reason whatsoever. 
yeah, the, I I just couldn't get past that in the in the first episode. I, also, I couldn't get past the basic premise of it that I just don't buy that this would actually ever happen. Like now, I think if they if think if the show was set like in the eighties, you know, or something that you might be able to like you might be able to buy that this happened, but. Nowadays, I can't believe that they had no idea what this guy would look like before they hired him and brought him to be the sheriff of their town. It just makes no sense. I, I just pretend that it didn't. <laughs> that, that part of the first episode and I just didn't go happen. along for the ride. <laughs> uh, Comedy Central has picked up Kroll Show for a second season. Uh, I haven't been watching, but uh... I've, I've been enjoying it. I mean, I think it's like hit or miss with some of his characters, but I think overall it's been pretty funny. And uh, lastly, on the news list, Showtime has picked up uh, their Sunday night uh, Californication for a seventh season, House of Lies for a third, and Shameless for a fourth season. All shows that I'm no longer watching. I'm still watching Shameless, but the other two, uh, I haven't, I've never seen Californication and House of Lies. I don't even know if I finished the first episode, but I'm happy to see more Shameless coming. All right. Well, that is the news. And our next segment a little bit, uh, since uh, we're recording here on uh, Monday after the Super Bowl, what was, uh, since you can now see all, since you can now pretty much see all the Super Bowl ads even before the Super Bowl, <laughs> like they, most of them end up get online before they even air uh, during the broadcast. And then they're definitely all up online afterwards. Uh, have you... Stephanie, have you watched uh, any of those? And uh, do you have, you know, a favorite? Yes, I actually watched all of them today. Kind of marathon through them to <laughs> like see what we had. The complete opposite of normal TV viewing where you skip the commercials. Today you watched <laughs> all commercials, just nothing but commercials. Yes, because I didn't watch the game at all. So um, there were many of them that I really liked. But my favorite one, I have to go the sentimental route. And the Budweiser Brotherhood one with the horse I like that one a lot. Yeah, that was uh, that one. That one seems to be uh, right at the top of uh, a lot of lists as as a favorite. How about you, Kyle? Uh, for me, I went the opposite route and just went for the pure comedy. <laughs> uh, uh, so, I mean, none of them. I, I didn't think any of them were like spectacular or amazing, but I really enjoyed uh, the Best Buy asking Amy one. Just it was Amy Poehler doing Amy, what Amy Poehler does, and she's just <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like that one too. That one was that one was pretty good, uh, but my favorite one that I saw during the commercial did, but I couldn't find online at any of the like official like here's all the Super Bowl commercials was a Jack in the Box ad. Did you see it, Kyle? No, we don't have that around here. I I, I watch it on YouTube. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know if they if they played it only in certain markets or or you know how they you know, but it was their Super Bowl ad. But it, I guess it wasn't one of the official like nationwide Super Bowl ads or something. So, but it was actually my favorite one because they they did a play back on that Jack was part of a hair band in the 80s and they had a one-hit wonder. You know, they were a one-hit wonder band and their song was Hot Mess. And now Jack has a new sandwich called The Hot Mess. Uh but it goes through showing them, you know, rocking out and then it cuts to him sitting on the couch with his kid. And there's a, a shot of a lady, you know, a girl in the audience of of the the rock show about to lift her shirt, and he pauses, he pauses the uh, the TV and 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 says to his son, and that's how I met your mother, which I thought was really funny, both that the ad just itself was funny, and that they managed to do in 30 seconds what How I Met Your Mother hasn't been able to do in eight years. <laughs> <laughs> was tell a story of how somebody uh, met their mother. But yeah, that was, uh, I thought that one was really good. So if you haven't, you know, if you haven't seen it as one of the official commercials, you should, you know, uh, go look for it. Or I'll probably, I'll probably put all the commercials we just mentioned up on the, in the show notes so you can see which ones we liked. Plus, it looked like a really uh, good sandwich. I wish we had Jack in the Box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you like uh, jalapenos and lots of gooey cheese all over your uh, your cheese, you know, all over your burger, it uh, it looked pretty good. Not a big fan of jalapenos, but uh, I do like their sourdough. So, you know, getting it on the sourdough toast is good. 
But anyways, that's enough uh, advertisement for Jack in the Box. And uh, we'll move on to our uh, primetime segment. And uh, the first show up is uh, House of Cards, the new Netflix original series. Uh, we got a season one, episode one, chapter, which is chapter one, uh, that uh, you can find uh, online. You can see the first episode for free without signing up for Netflix. But most of the time, you can sign up for Netflix and get a free month's service. So you could actually, I think you might be able to you know, sign up and watch it since all 13 episodes got released as of February 1st. So uh, they're all out there. So, uh, Kyle, what did you think of uh, House of Cards? I actually really enjoyed it. I mean, some of the political stuff uh, I don't understand. Like, I have no idea what a majority whip is, uh, which is his position. But, I mean, overall, I, I like the intrigue and, and some of the drama, especially with um, – there's, like, the young newspaper worker who, who sees her opportunity to get in. Um, she sees Frank, uh, who's um, – Kevin Spacey's character, like, just give her a glance and check her out at some political bash. And then she sees, like, that's her in. She she wants to have her own career and her own uh, column, and she sees that as a way to, to get in. And so I, I I think the characters are interesting and the story's interesting. Um, maybe I'll sign up for Netflix and, and keep watching. What do you think, Stephanie? I liked it as well. I thought Kevin Spacey did a great job, and an interesting accent and i think um the political stuff was very intriguing kind of put, reminded me a little bit of political animals you know it'd be interesting to see how different it is from that because that's a presidential story it's a little different but i really liked it a lot i think it has good potential yeah i i'm really impressed by it i i really liked it i have netflix so i instantly watched the second episode but uh as and I'm sure that uh, within by the end of this week, I'll have probably watched it all, <laughs> which which doesn't help in my catching up with the other stuff that I'm behind on that I mentioned before. But you know, but if uh, Netflix put all those up, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but but yeah, I thought uh, Kevin Spacey is great. Um, him breaking the fourth wall works as See, that, a, that, know, as the narration uh, of the of the series. It's a uh, it's kind of an interesting uh, uh, way to go that you're sort of following him through his day. And then he when he's sort of by himself, he like looks at the camera and tells you what he's thinking about what's going on and gives you a little more uh, insight to 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 what his plan is or what's happening. And at first it was a, at, you know, the first time it was a little weird, but the way they work it in uh, as as the you know, the next couple, you know, the first couple episodes there. I think it it works really well. Uh, I think you could, if if you had, I don't know if it maybe wasn't quite written as well, or if you had somebody other than somebody as good as Kevin Spacey, it might not come off as well. But uh, I think it works just for like his character, like <laughs> the type of character that he is. That it, yeah. it just works. I wasn't completely sold on that. Uh, I'm glad to hear it, it gets better uh, with the other with the next episode. Like it definitely got slightly better with the second time he does it in the in the pilot, but the first time it was definitely very weird and strange. Yeah, well, it's kind of uh, it's kind of you know like The Office because there will be there'll be times where in the middle of a conversation with somebody he'll look and give like a Jim like you know look at the camera like <laughs> or. Uh, you know, but, you know, there's like a scene where uh, he's having a conversation with somebody and he's totally setting it up to have them make an, you know, give the idea instead of him. Uh, and and as they're sitting there thinking, he like stops and he's telling you what's going on and that this guy is about to do such and such. And then he looks back over and the guy says, you know, <laughs> Really, it should be you that does. And, you know, it just kind of – I thought it really, as as it went on, that it really worked for this type of character, the, the type of character that he is, you know, the behind-the-scenes player, you know, that uh, is, you know, moving all the pieces on the chessboard and stuff to uh, – that he would stop and tell, you know, you know, sort of smarmy guy, tell the audience what, <laughs> what's going on. And uh, the – 
The only thing I'm I'm unsure is is with his wife. I'm not exactly sure what's going on with her charity or whatever. Or there hasn't been much, and and like there's a little drama there, but I'm not really sure like why it's all happening yet. Like it hasn't tied into anything. Um, it it definitely was going to be part of uh, him being you know Secretary of State was going to to help somehow or something, but uh, I haven't quite figured that out. But I think the cast is just great. You know all the. All the players in this are uh, are really good, and yeah, it's it sucked me right in, and I I could totally see them, you know, making more of this, and that and that like an HBO or you know Showtime or something like that, that this is the type of stuff that's only uh, that increases subscriptions because you know you can only get it there, mm-hmm. you can only get you know the HBO series on HBO or you know. Or on demand if you own it, you know, if you pay for HBO. And so I think it's definitely interesting, especially since as of now, you can, your subscription to Netflix is much lower than a subscription to HBO, you know, or something uh, for the most part. So uh, I'm definitely interested to see how this works. And then, you know, got Arrested Development coming here pretty soon that, uh, you know, They've they've got some interesting things in the pipeline. I just wonder how they make back their money, like with this release model that they're doing with uh, releasing it all in a month. Like you said, you could just sign up for a month and watch them all, and then leave. Sign up with a new email address when it comes time for Arrested Development. Get yeah, a free well, month, and they spent quite a bit on this. I think it was. I thought I saw something like a hundred million or something. It's such, on. A, it's such a small percentage that'll do anything like that, though. And there's an, there's a high enough percentage of people that'll sign up and forget that they've yeah. added a credit card and it'll just char- start charging them eight bucks a month and they they won't really you know they don't even notice it and so you know and then there's the people that will become they'll this gets them to sign up and then they stay with the service because once they get there they see that not only can you watch this series that you can only watch on Netflix you can also watch the original British uh, House of Cards series that is available on Netflix and a bunch of other TV shows in addition to movies are available, you know, via streaming uh, on Netflix. And you, you realize that eight bucks isn't a whole, isn't a whole lot, you know, to, to, to have access to what you can watch uh, uh, each month on, on Netflix. And so I think, this is the type of thing that gets people to sign up because before their basic thing was, you know, we have, we now have this TV show available or we now have this movie available or, you know, but their basic thing to get people to sign up is a free month. Here's a free month to try out our service. But, uh, if you if you start having things that are only available, because a lot of the things that are available on Netflix, you can get via DVD or you can find on Hulu or, you know, or Hulu Plus, or, you know, there's other ways to get them, you know, iTunes, or, you know, there's all these different ways to, to get a lot of the stuff that they do have. And so to have this type of stuff where the only way you can see it is on Netflix, it gets good word of mouth, uh, you know, it gets good write-ups from critics and stuff like that. It gets people, it's a new way to get people to sign up. And there's, it's all built on a percentage model. There's a percentage of everybody that signs up, no matter how they end up getting them to sign up, there's a percentage of people that stay. And that's how, <laughs> and that's how yeah. it, it, it works. So I think, you know, the more, if they get to a place where they have, you know, a continual stream of, you know, they've got four or five or six of these things a year. Uh, continually to come, and they continue with this high quality. I think they have, uh, you know, it could really, it could really uh, work well for them. Yep. I mean, if it means we get more high quality programs, then I'm all for it. Yeah. <laughs> I just wish they did. Like, I'm a I'm a media person. I wish they would release them all on Blu-ray on, on like on day one or something like that. And I just go get the Blu-ray and watch it that way. 
I'm not really a streaming uh, person. Yeah, well, this will be one of the things that will be, I think, also be interesting to see is down the road, will they will they do that? Will there be, uh, you know, DVD releases and stuff like that to... Uh, Maybe you can just rent them through Netflix. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 yeah, that would be, you know, also be rentable, but also be for sale out just like any other DVD set. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but, you know, packaged as, you know, a Netflix original that you see, I mean, HBOs and, you know, and Showtimes and stuff, they, they release their, their stuff, you know, on, yeah. on DVD. So it'll be interesting to see if Netflix sort of follows suit. Cause that's really what they, they're working at becoming is being an online, you know, HBO. Okay. That's enough about House of Cards and uh, Netflix. But I'd be interested if uh, any of you out there watched it, what you thought uh, about House of Cards. Was it uh, good enough that it would get you to sign up? But the next show on our list is Being Human, uh, Season 3, Episode 3. The teens, they are a-changing. So who wants to jump in first on uh, Being Human? So, uh, yeah, I I enjoyed it. I'm a little worried about the change in dynamic. Um, with the addition of the the girl to the to the family house, um, but we'll we'll see how that plays out. I did I really liked the end with the mystery of what the heck is going on with that witch who's like eating ghosts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was just weird, and I'm wondering what's happening there. Um, and then um, I, I found it weird um, with uh, Josh when he, like, runs down to the wolves that are fighting. Like, why wouldn't those wolves just smell him, turn, and go after him? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested to see because they definitely have, you know, if you've changed things up a lot when the original premise is what happens when a ghost, <laughs> a vampire, and a werewolf uh, I'll try and live together and pretend to be human, uh, you know, try and have regular lives. And then you make one of the werewolves no longer a werewolf and you make the ghost no longer a ghost. You know, I mean, I'm like, I'm, where do you, you know, where do you go from uh, there? Although I do think it is interesting that the downside of a ghost being brought back to life is that if she if anybody from her past life finds out about her, then they die. Uh, that's a, that's a weird, interesting twist, uh, that they've had, uh, uh, with this. Uh, what do you think, Stephanie? I agree. It's very interesting that they've completely changed the dynamic of what they originally started with the show. And now it's totally different. Of course, the UK version has done something similar with, um, all their characters being re, um, recast with different characters. But I really enjoy the series a lot, and I think they're doing really great work this season compared to they had uh, some pitfalls with the last season, but I think they're doing a really, really good job. I really like the um, the witch thing at the end that was really shocking to me, and I'm interested to see where it goes from there. But and I also like that the storyline of the, the vampires, of the fact that there's so much tainted blood because of the flu. I think that's a very interesting dynamic to see how they're going to be able to survive based on the fact that they have to always be wary about who they're going to be, where they're getting their blood from. I think that's interesting. So I really enjoy the show a lot, and I think it has it's it's getting really good. Yeah, they definitely they they definitely twisted things up for everybody. Like everybody in the household got something new uh, to deal with, and. Uh, it's definitely interesting going forward. And like you both said, the, you know, the witch that they went to, to get Sally back, uh, I'm, you know, I'm interested to see, you know, that's obviously they've set something, they've helped her to set something up here that, uh, that you're not quite sure what she's doing and what that means for, uh, them when they have, you know, uh, uh, you know, set this in motion. What, what repercussions are down the road, uh, for them, you know, to ultimately try and fix it or, you know, stop that from happening or who knows, but yeah, they've, the, the blood thing is definitely interesting for, 
the vampires to n- have no idea. That's a that's a twist that I haven't you know that's I think it's an interesting idea and a twist that I haven't seen in any vampire type of thing that I can you know of stuff that I've watched of of making it where vampires now have something to deal with where you know they can't just feed on anybody uh you know that you've had things like you know on vampire diaries with Vervain or something like that it makes it but it doesn't kill them it just makes it hard for them to you know to feed on somebody that has it but to not know whether you're going to feed and it's actually going to kill you within a few days you know as as a vampire who you know you've lived hundreds of years or something like that i think that makes for an interesting uh, uh set of circumstances that i haven't seen on a you know in a vampire story before so yeah, I really like the scene in this in this episode where um, Henry's just about to bite the guy, and then the guy sneezes, and then he all panic sets in because wait a minute, this guy might have had that flu, and I might get what he had. And so yeah, it's interesting. And like you like you said, it's like if you watch a bunch of these vampire shows, it's tough to keep track of what the rules are in each <laughs> they... one because like here he was. He, like in True Blood, he glamours someone. I forget what they called it in this episode when he was just staring at the guy and controlling him. And like you said, like different rules in Vampire Diaries, and like it's tough to keep track of what's called what and what's what are the rules in the different uh, worlds. Yeah, because like in this world, you know, vampires can just go out anytime, <laughs> pretty much, you yeah. know, and and stuff. And so they there's always been a you know some differences and stuff. Which which I like is if you're going to if you're going to tell a story, why tell the exact same freaking story that you know you've seen in every other uh, thing? I mean, you don't have to go as far as making them sparkly. I mean, that's ridiculous, but <laughs> but you know, for the most part, making it making them making changes to a vampire storyline is a is a good idea. All right, I think that's enough about being human, and we'll jump uh, to the next show on the list, which is uh, the Americans. Uh, season one, episode one, the pilot. Kyle, what did you think of the Americans? I liked it. Uh, I I wasn't blown away like some people seem to be on on Twitter, but I, I enjoyed it. The thing I liked was it's how it's set in the eighties, so it has a cool soundtrack. But besides that, um, you really get back to like spies having to be spies. It's not all about hey, let me pop up my cell phone or let me hop on the internet and look up this. They have to like put on the the wig and the glasses and 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 work their way into these situations and 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 do everything like by hand, so to speak. Um, I also really liked um, uh, Carrie Russell, her character. Um, there's lots of different levels there. How we're learning about her past. It was great seeing her smash the guy's head through the wall. And then uh, pull it back out. Uh, so I, I mean, I'm. It's been. It's had a nice blend of some comedy in there, some really tense scenes, and some drama and action. So it's got everything. How about you, Stephanie? I really liked it as well. I'm a big fan of Carrie Russell from Felicity, and um, I was really excited about her being on another show in a very different kind of role. And I think she did a really great job of being of starting what kind of an actress she can be and just doing things that are a little more mature, a little more action related. And I really enjoyed a lot. I found both of the Carrie Russell and Matthew Rise very compelling and very strong as the leads. And I'm interested to see how we explore more of their backstory. We had some flashes of that in the first episode, but I'm sure that will continue and we'll learn more and more about their backstory and how they came together as the, as the episodes go on. And I just really enjoyed a lot. There were some good spy elements that were happening, lots of great action. And it was very, as well, the um, spy stuff and the action and the and domestic stuff was really well balanced. And I liked that a lot and it had a great soundtrack. There's some good songs that, that they put in there and they were relevant to the story of what was happening at that time. But I really liked it a lot. I'm very invested. It's good. Yeah, I, I thought it was great. Uh, but first in its recreation of the eighties, both in look, uh, and, but yet a completely different feel from what like the Carrie diaries has created as Mm -hmm. the eighties, which also feels like the eighties. Uh, but, um, 
you know, in addition to the the soundtrack and stuff, I really liked Carrie Russell in this. She was fantastic. She's a total badass in it. But I find these shows interesting and the this one even more so than some of the the anti-hero type shows that we have these days in that where you're rooting for the Russians <laughs> kind of in this because if you know if they do get caught, you know, the series is over. Uh but that's sort of where it's set up. I mean, they did give a little bit of a sympathetic background to uh to the characters, but I found the you know the home life set up very interesting in that he's you know over time he's you know actually fallen for her, but she never really has fallen for him. She's very much about doing the doing the job uh you know and but then finding the backstory about the guy they had you know captured uh and what he had done to her when she was a trainee uh you know made for an interesting story, but also that the guy is kind of interested in like, well, what's the big deal? You know, we have been doing this for a while, but you know, we could get a few million dollars and get relocated, you know? And so he's kind of, you know, not totally into it. He really likes the sort of American lifestyle that he's been living for a while. Uh, But yet when he finds out about what happened to her when, you know, when she was younger, you know, he takes the guy out because, you know, you can see what his feelings for her are. And I just thought that the, the dynamic between the two leads there uh, and then, you know, moving the, you know, the FBI guy in across the way who is, you know, an undercover guy uh, that just a lot of interesting stuff to think about of like what kind of stuff may have been going on back, you know, when I was, you know, in my, teens basically i i just thought it was great and uh, i'm looking forward to you know to watching more i think you know and that it you know it premiered well for fx and so i think fx has got you know a really good one on their hands here yeah i liked also like that they made the fbi guy wasn't some stupid guy he sent something wasn't quite right and went and investigated it and then he was convinced okay maybe i was just imagining things but you normally see that whole storyline draw out over like the course of the the season and finally the guy would go look something up at the end of the season but i like that they just moved right ahead with that and now he's okay with them and ready to keep going yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, that if things down the road like repeat his interest in them, or uh, or stuff. But yeah, it's the the whole concept I think is interesting, uh, and and I think that they they pulled it off well. There's enough shows recently that have come out that have an interesting premise, but just they're not quite able to pull it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, that when you see one that does. It's like, yes, all right. Damn it, another show I got to add to my list. (laughs) (laughs) So you go into new shows hoping, I hope this is bad. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Oh, damn it, this is good again. Another good show. Uh, No, there's, there's so many shows that are good with maybe a little potential and then they sort of fizzle out or when you see something like right from the beginning that just completely hooks you uh i'm i'm always sold on on that stuff Uh, i mean and we've talked about two of them here with the the americans and house of cards both of them in their first episodes i'm like okay (laughs) i'm on board (laughs) well that's how i felt about another show that we're not talking about but the ratings were the worst, <laughs> literally the worst ever yeah. for a prime time premiere. Uh, yeah, Do No Harm came out of the gate really badly. Like, not even as fast as a walker on Walking like, Dead. Like, like the like the, <laughs> the one of the stories I read was that the other networks were predicting that it might get about a two point like as competition, and it it got a point nine. Like it didn't even rise to 
the expectations of the competition of you know ABC's competition. Yeah, I don't know that they on that uh, on that note quickly. I don't know that they advertised it very well. Uh, more than just giving you the basic Jekyll and Hyde sort of idea, they didn't really. I don't know that it was advertised very well. And then right now, Thursday Thursday night at 10 o'clock on NBC is like 8 o'clock on ABC. It's just <laughs> your show is going to die. Yeah. For the most part, your show is going to die there because there's, you know, you're, you're talking about a lead-in of The Office that was under a 2.0, you know, that, that was leading into a, a new show that wasn't uh, – advertised very well and then you're talking about it being on at the same time as elementary uh scandal and then suits on usa network all on at the same time i mean we're talking that's easily your fourth best option <laughs> in the in the time period. no because there's also our there's also archer and legit on the <laughs> on fx but yeah it's just uh you know it was okay but just a just a poor Poor time period to be to be put into, and but anyways, uh, speaking of uh, last Thursday night, it was the last episode or the last couple episodes of Thirty Rock, uh, Hogcock, and Last Lunch, uh, which was the hour put together was the hour series finale. So, uh, I I sort of watched it, but I was watching it on demand, and I fell asleep. <laughs> Cause, not because it was bad, but just because I was tired. But NBC On Demand, you can't fast forward. And so I didn't go back and watch it, the end of it again, because I, I didn't want to set the TV for another 30 minutes to get to the last 15. Uh, but uh, I hate that you can rewind, but you can't fast forward on uh, on that. But anyway, so what did uh, what did you think of the 30 Rock finale? Who watched the 30 Rock finale? I watched it. Somebody did because yeah. I put it on the list because it was on somebody's I'll, I'll, list. <laughs> I'll start then. I, I actually, I, I thought it was actually one of the better, like, they would have a tough, I mean, they've been on for seven years, so it's tough to, how do you end a series that's been running that long? I thought, especially, like, for the very last, like, post uh, or during credits sequence, they did, like, a one year later or three years later or something like that. And I thought they did a really good job with that to show you where all these characters ended up after, like, the end of the series. And I, I thought that was really nice, the montage of where everyone was. Um, but, I mean, overall, I thought it was a pretty funny episode. Um, I liked the second half probably better. I thought the whole thing with Lutz trying to choose what the meal that they got for their final meal uh, was was humorous, how they kept on – no one liked him and no one wanted blimpies and everyone was trying everything to change the rules so that he wouldn't get to pick where they got to eat. Um, and then it was nice to finally see the Royal Jar musical and I have no idea how she was able to sing all those lyrics because I can barely even say Royal Jar uh, myself. Uh, I I just I thought it was a good way to end. I think they did a really good job this season. It was back being funny again, uh, whereas the past few seasons it's it hasn't been that great. But I thought it was a good ending. I agree. Um, I stopped watching Thirty Rock a few seasons ago, so I definitely wanted to make sure that I watched this last episode. And I had heard about some things that had happened in the previous episode, so I did have an idea what was happening. And I really enjoyed it a lot. I think they did a great job at wrapping up um, the different storylines, and we see that um, Liz really is more comfortable being at work, and her husband is more comfortable being at home, so they had that nice little moment in the park where they came to a realization that they have to do what they are supposed to be doing. And I also liked her storyline with with Jack and the fact that he was, he, he put, he, um, he uh, decided not to take the job that they offered him and just had this complete breakdown of depression about the fact that everything was ending and he didn't know what was happening. He was going to go onto a boat to get this epiphany of what he wanted to do. And they had a really beautiful, nice scene where Liz runs to the the boat because she thinks he's going to be killing himself, but he jumps into the boat and they had a really nice ending scene together. And I thought that was really great. 
um, Jenna's storyline was really nice as well. We saw that she was kind of in denial that anything was happening and and um, didn't want to be sad because she didn't think anything was really terrible. And then they took away her mirror and all of a sudden she breaks down crying and is very emotional. And but I really thought the last episode was really well done. Um, it's always tricky about how you end a comedy, but I thought they did a really great job. No, the one thing I was confused about at the very end was you could read it two different ways. Basically, they had uh, Kenneth was talking this. It was in the future because he saw flying cars outside and he was talking to this um, this girl saying like your your great grandmother uh, talked about stories of New York City. And I couldn't tell if they were saying like Kenneth was this immortal person. And that was like the great granddaughter of Liz Lemon that they were talking to in the future. I couldn't, I, I didn't quite get, or was it like all a dream? Like this whole, this whole thing that we watched was all like just stories that this girl was telling about her great grandmother. I don't know. I think they're make, trying to make it a, a ambiguous. You can make your own decision. I don't know either. I don't know. Now I want to go back and watch the last 15 minutes. See what the heck you're talking about. <laughs> you just have to watch the last two minutes or so. <laughs> Look for the credits when you're not fast forwarding uh, through it. So I watched it. You know, I watched the first episode, you know, the first part of it and then into the second episode. Uh, but what I what I liked was the little segment of Liz on the computer at the, you know, the site for moms and her typing something in and the responses she gets back and stuff. That was always the stuff that I liked about 30 rock was the, the way that they would play off of these things that really happen. They'd make them almost, almost so absurd, but yet seem real. Like you could see somebody that it wasn't quite that absurd that, that people actually do that on the internet. Like you can, the whole idea, you know, of calling her Hitler, and then the next one jumps on with double Hitler because she asked about a girl's bike instead of <laughs> instead of just a bike. Uh, the, all that that type of stuff where they where they would do stuff that was always the stuff that I liked about uh, you know the show. It was always very smart uh, with that stuff, and so it was nice to be reminded of uh, of the show and. And you know to see all the characters again, uh, as as they were, you know, for their last show, uh, I thought it was funny to bring back that they had to do one last show, so that otherwise Tracy would get some absurd, you know, uh, amount of money dollars. or something like that. And so the whole thing was him trying not to get uh, get this sh that show made, and while they're trying to to do it, but yeah. Uh, uh, a lot of good stuff in that, in at least the first, you know, forty-five minutes of the hour that I, that yeah, I watched. I don't know. If, I don't know if you saw it. My favorite scene was when Jenna was auditioning for a Law and Order role, and then she finds out <laughs> that she's there to play a dead body. And then when she lies down, she's like, "Oh no, I'm still alive." I'm still kicking. I'm barely breathing because she wanted to make her role like a real role. I just I've lost come back it. and I've come back with crime solving powers. Yes, yes. It's law and order mind beauty. Yeah. <laughs> that was Yeah, that was that was pretty good. Uh I did see that. I saw through I saw through that that uh Yeah, they they definitely had a lot of fun with the with the, the final episode. All right. I think uh, that'll do with the 30 rock and we'll move on to the last uh, show on our primetime list, which is uh, elementary uh, season one, episode 14, the deductionist, which was the episode that aired after the super bowl. Uh, what it, so Kyle, for you, what did it start at? What? Like after 11 o'clock? I think it was like eleven fifteen or so. It started. I think eleven eleven. Yeah, eleven eleven. I think is when it started your time because I was like, when it finally started here, I was like, oh wow, it's pretty late on the on the east. Now coast. they aired it on time on the west coast at ten o'clock, or no, they it, no, right they out? aired it right out. It, it started at eight eleven here. But I, I really enjoyed this episode. I like it. Definitely seemed like they stepped up the body count. 
and made it a lot more like darker than it usually is. Like especially that opening scene when you just see the guy go nuts and start slicing people's necks and killing everyone. It felt like it was more of like a a cable show or even like a Criminal Minds or something. It definitely felt darker than usual. Than usual. Well, the opening but, of the episode was two pra- half naked women dancing around. <laughs> well, that, yes, yeah. That, that's your that's your first like, hey, football watchers, look at me, look at me, <laughs> and. uh but yeah, it it moved in, you know, gave you sort of like the ending of a case at the at the beginning of it, and uh, it's which sort of played out like a a mini movie type of thing where you have like the 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 closing off of something, and then you come back uh, to uh, the, the bigger you know actual story for the for the episode. What do you think, Stephanie? I thought it was a a pretty good episode. Um, I stopped watching Elementary after a couple episodes of the of the beginning of the season, so this was uh, a check in back with the show just to talk about it a little bit. And I enjoyed the episode, and I'm a huge fan of Johnny Lee Miller as Sherlock, and I think he's doing a good job with what he's given. And um, I have to kind of a little bit disagree because I didn't think it was as epic and exciting as other Super Bowl episodes. I thought it was kind of boring in certain parts. Certainly there's been other episodes after the Super Bowl that have been a lot more interesting and exciting. But overall, I thought it was a good episode. It's not. It didn't make me want to tune in again, though. I'm going to not watch it again. Yeah, they went a little, like a little bigger in the story a little bit by bringing in somebody that Sherlock had worked with before that he doesn't get along with. Uh, to, and to give a little more, you know, of his backstory, which was which was interesting. But that's more interesting if you've been watching all along, uh, not necessarily if you just uh, are tuning in for a first time or something like that. And the thing that they didn't do was they didn't go like, while well, they had you know a couple of guest stars, they didn't go like huge guest stars to like draw you in to uh, to watch it. Uh, like some some shows have done in the past, where you know they ha- they they come up with some big episode with you know that includes the, including the guest stars for the episode. Yeah, if you're gonna have the serial guy as like a one episode killer, you might as well cast after the Super Bowl. You cast some big name star to play that role. Yeah, I th- I thought it was you know a good choice of you know given the shows that they have of what you know of what to put after the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't think that putting a show after the Super Bowl really does a whole lot for any show. Um, I mean, if it did, Undercover Boss wouldn't be you know on Friday nights, you know, or or you know with hardly any audience, because. Um, or you know other shows would you know might still be around but i i guess it's become like the thing you have you, you know to do now like so to this would be the one show of their new shows to to put there but it wasn't quite yeah i i sort of ag- agree with Stephanie i don't think that if you hadn't been watching it that this would be an episode that would go oh i need to watch this now uh that I mean, I'm going to continue to watch it because I like the show and I've been watching it all along and I was happy to have, you know, a new episode of something on Sunday night you know, <laughs> to watch after after the Super Bowl. But uh, overall, I don't think that, you know, these Super Bowl, they, while they'll get a big audience, there won't be I doubt there'll be much of any uptick in audience on Thursday for the next new episode, especially since they advertised the next new episode as just that it was a new episode. They didn't even advertise like what the episode was going to be about. They just showed you like some random scenes. Like it was just a regular ad of for, for uh, elementary in general. Like they didn't, it, it just seemed weird to me. Like the episode was slightly more than a regular episode, but not big. Like let's something that, over the and over you know to put in after the super bowl and then it ended with nothing like you know here's the next big thing that's happening you know tune in to find out you know about this case or something in the next episode i just thought it was 
sort of uh, a little bit lackluster in in trying to do what the reason you put an episode after the Super Bowl, which is to try and draw more audience to your show. Well, half the East Coast probably didn't even stay up to watch it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was – although it still would have been pretty late, you know, even if uh, there hadn't been, you know, the 34-minute blackout delay at the Super Bowl, it's – you know, that still would have put it, you know, at like 1040 or so, you know, that it would have been starting on the East Coast, so – uh, but yeah, cause it was, you know, it's when they show it on the schedule, it's supposed to start at, you know, 10 o'clock <laughs> that the Super Bowl is supposed to be over by, <laughs> by nine. There's no way and, that and it never, gonna but that never <laughs> happens, you know, even without a huge delay, it never, it never ends like that. The other thing that always gets me is, is I know they have to do some, you know, they do a post game. And of course, you come back and you show the trophy presentation and a couple of interviews and stuff like that. But then the amount of time from when that ends that they come back and then go away to commercial, like to fill in some more commercial time, and then come back and then fill in with some more commercials before they actually get to the show that starts after the Super Bowl just seems so ridiculous to me. There had to have been like 10. 10 minutes of stuff where it was mostly commercials where they would come like, back for like a minute and then go, we'll be right back. And you're like, why are you start the show? You're losing audience. <laughs> you're losing people by the second, you know, it's like those American idol. Uh, and we'll tell you that right after this break, <laughs> like those constant never ending pauses that. But yeah, but they, but they come back for like a minute minute and a half or something like that. And then they go back to another commercial break. Like they have this commercial time that they haven't been able to, uh, to use or, or something there, you know, that they have to have like this certain amount of post game show where you're just like, no, it's over. You've done your interviews. You've showed the trophy presentation. It's over. There's nothing, you know, they kept saying, you know, we're, we're going to continue on CBS sports network, but then they, they never ended on actual CBS, they kept coming back. <laughs> You're like, so yeah, overall, I just thought that that whole, the whole thing that they do with that, you just, I didn't go and look, did anybody see what the actual numbers were? I mean, I saw what the numbers were for the Super Bowl, but I didn't see anything about what the episode after what elementary got. Did either of you see? I don't remember exactly what the numbers were, but they weren't that great for that episode. Yeah. Just overall, it just, you know, you just, People more and more people are turning off their TV as because it's like they've seen it, they saw the trophy presentation. And it's, it's, you're you're not catching anybody, you know, with the uh, like that opening. What that opening is supposed to do, you know, to draw people's attention. It's happening so far after actually the Super Bowl that uh, I don't I don't think that the whole idea of this big post Super Bowl episode really works uh, the way everything works around it to do what they want it to do other than getting them one big number, you know, for an episode, which I still say is people that have just left their TVs on <laughs> and are cleaning up and, you know, or, or doing whatever and not necessarily actually watching it. If they want people to watch, you do it instead of halftime show and then people are captive <laughs> and they have to watch your show. That's, a, that's what they that's what they should do is like uh, one of their comedies. You put on you put on an episode at the halftime. Uh you do a, a halftime uh, that would be that'd actually be interesting. Instead of a musical performance, you have a you know, a twenty minute episode <laughs> come come in and play of one of your one of your sitcoms that would be funny see what kind of audience that would get although on the whole the uh actually was a pretty decent super bowl halftime with uh, beyonce uh it wasn't uh it wasn't the there there although i wasn't on twitter as much during the super bowl there didn't seem to be as much snark about the the halftime performance this year as there had been in the past <laughs> 
I wasn't really. I was reading Twitter and not really watching the the <laughs> halftime show. Like I, I saw comments about Destiny's Child. I would have never even known that that was Destiny's Child. Like I just thought it was two other singers. I had no idea it was some kind of fancy reunion. Um, but yeah, there was a little bit of snark around that. But um, but overall, yeah, it was. People are pretty happy about it. it seemed. All right. Well, I think that's enough about uh, the post-Super Bowl elementary uh, episode and the whole uh, Super Bowl stuff itself. And and we'll jump to uh, this week a, a little uh, Kyle's reality check. So uh, I'm I'm especially interested in what you think of King of the Nerds. I haven't watched, but okay. Well, let me start with my favorite of the of the batch is Joe the Joe Shimon show. If you're not watching the show, you really need to watch it and check it out. Uh, this past week, they had an episode where basically in this show, they're trying to this one guy doesn't know that he's the only fake contestant in a um, in a reality show to try to become a bounty hunter. So this week they had they brought in these fake convicts and basically uh, attached them at the legs to these contestants and um and so they had to spend the whole day with them um and then there's carly who's the fake deaf woman who decided she would bring back her ventriloquist dummy and do a performance for everyone and started singing a song along with her dummy mr wentworth and she just lost it so she starts cracking up and then uh joe schmoe's uh convict guy quickly gets him out of there so that he doesn't realize what's going on and, and sees all this laughing. But then later on in the episode, they had uh, the convict had to go to the bathroom, so they let him off the chain to go to the bathroom, and then he escapes through the window. So then they bring in the warden, who's this like older guy with a, he's got a cowboy hat on. He comes and he gathers everyone around. He's like, "All right, listen up, people. Our fugitive has been on the run for 90 minutes. Average foot speed over uneven ground, barring injuries, is four miles per hour." I'm like, they're not really going to do this, are they? Then he continues, what I want from you, each and every one of you, is a hard target search of every gas station, residence, warehouse, farmhouse, henhouse, outhouse, and doghouse in that area. Exactly how Tommy Lee Jones does his speech in The Fugitive. And the guy doesn't even notice. Like, like he's just completely until he like goes and looks out the window and sees all these like people milling around, all these uh, production workers, and then all of a sudden he says, this is a setup. So he starts screaming, this is a setup, and that's how they cut off the episode. So this show can go from like really funny to like nerve-wracking, like, did he figure it out, or is he just think something's going on? And so I just really enjoy this show. I think it's just hilarious and, and a lot of fun, but also nerve-wracking at the same time. Uh, and King of the Nerds, basically what they do, that's, I find that to be like a mix between Beauty and the Geek meets uh, I Survived a Jap- uh, Japanese Game Show. I don't know if you watched either of those when those were on. But each week they have like a, they first do this battle called the Nerd War where basically they, they split up the two groups of nerds into two teams. And then they do something where they have to compete against each other. And then whichever team loses that competition, they have to that team has to vote off one of their own or vote one of their own to be part of the elimination challenge. And then the other team gets to vote one of the, that team's contestants to also participate in the elimination challenge. And then they have a nerd off and uh, and compete. And one of those people goes away. Uh, so this week, the main challenge was like flying this um flying this remote-controlled helicopter thing through an obstacle course. And so the gamer girls there, oh, I know how to play video games. No one else has ever played a video game. I'm going to do great at this. Meanwhile, I mean, you have Kevin Spacey on on this other show, House of Cards, playing a video game. Everyone plays video games. So <laughs> she's nothing special. But she thinks just because she does it for a living, she's a uh, she's going to be great at this. But uh, the, her team, I, I forget, I get these teams mixed up, but her team ended up, I think it was her team ended up losing and they had to vote. So, they had to vote someone out. Uh, the team I really can't stand is Amory would say. I find this one girl to be the worst. She is just so irritating and annoying. Yet her team finally won this week. They had lost the first two weeks, so she was safe. But uh, in the end, uh, it was one of these guys got voted out, and um, 
I, I just want the other team. I just want this one woman gone, and then I'll be happy. I, I just can't stand her. But at the end, like they show, like the winner will be the person who gets to sit on the throne of games, and basically it looks exactly like the Game of Thrones chair, but it's made out of like video game controllers and Nerf guns and things, and that's like what your big prize will be. Uh, and then the other show I watched was <laughs> Southie Rules. I wasn't gonna watch it, but I was just curious to see what it was. It's not as bad as Jersey Shore. It's not like people partying, getting drunk and stuff, but it feels so manipulated and scripted when you're watching this. There's no way this stuff is just pure coincidence. Like they had one thing where basically it's about this whole family living in Boston and they have a whole bunch of friends also all living in the same house together. And one of the topics of the episodes last week was they were going to pay the bills. So they just randomly handed out bills and different family members were going to pay that bill. Then they had to go try to raise money to pay that bill. And so one of the guys decided he was going to make have his mother make meatballs and sell them to people. And that's how he's going to make the money for the thing. And then some neighbor called up and said, oh, we need a tray of meatballs for our bachelorette party. So he went over and delivered the meatballs there, but then also became a stripper for that party. And so um, then they called and said to the mother, oh, we need some other meatballs. And she just happened to go to that same party and walk in when he's in the middle of stripping. Like the whole thing was just felt so so manipulated and and fake but i mean it did make me laugh at some points but it's by no means a great show but it's at least somewhat humorous are you gonna keep watching uh, will i keep watching yeah or i have it set to record this week i don't know what night it's on but uh, i'll see i mean the first two episodes were were mildly humorous um i'll see if that continues it's not one I'm going to make a great effort to watch if it'll be there on the TiVo if I have nothing else to watch. Yeah, there's just no time for reality shows. <laughs> there's too many good too many good scripted programs to be keeping up with. Joe Schmo, I can't recommend enough. I, that show is just hilarious. But it's, I forget what night. Oh, I think it's on Tuesday nights at 10. There's probably a million other things at that time. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, uh, we'll jump to uh, TV on DVD picks for uh, Tuesday, February 12th uh, releases. Um, I don't have anything uh, this week, nothing uh, really uh, as you know, floats my boat from that's coming out uh, on, on that weekend. So what about you, Stephanie? What's your pick? I would pick Gossip Girl season six, which was their final season, just ended a few weeks ago. And it wasn't a great season, but it certainly did wrap up very well at the end. I thought the finale was very good. And I like how um, certain characters ended up in the end. And they did a little bit of a flash forward to see um, how they end up end up in the future. So I really enjoyed the last episode at least and some elements of the last season were good so if you're someone who is a completist and has to have the last discs of the season or the series then check it out uh, speaking of being a completist kyle what are your picks uh yeah so weed season eight is one of my picks and i mean it certainly wasn't the best season but i mean they do give the characters an ending um, and I own all the other seven seasons on Blu-ray, so I will be picking that up to complete the collection. Um, and then also Nurse Jackie season four. Um, I haven't seen that season yet, um, so I'll, I'll probably be picking that up just to catch up before season five starts. Um, but uh, so I have no idea whether it's good or not. Um, but I'll I'll be picking it up. Yeah, I I I just couldn't keep up with with Nurse Jackie. It there's too many of these so-called half hour they're half hour dramas and they just don't for the most part. I mean, there's sometimes there's stuff that's funny that happens, but for the most part, they just don't work for me anymore. I don't know. Uh, so I haven't, I haven't, I lost out on nurse Jackie somewhere in season two, I think maybe at the beginning of season three, uh, that I just was like, yeah, not, not in with this. And I never really watched weeds. That was one of those that uh, I just never got into, and uh, it got more and more ridiculous as it went on. Uh, Gossip Girl, it definitely was an interesting ending. Uh, it was one of those endings where you were like, hmm, 
I think there's some continuity errors here if you go back and really think about it, <laughs> uh, about who Gossip Girl was. But overall, I think they did a good job of of in, of wrapping up, you know, that series and giving okay. you know and giving the fans you know sort of happy endings for all these characters that they've been following. I think I last saw that in season two. So I think jumping to season six, I probably wouldn't recognize most of the characters or what's going on. All right. So that's uh, the TV on DVD picks. If you're interested in any of those, you can find links uh, in the show notes uh, to more about those. And uh, with that, uh, that'll uh, do it for episode 167. Uh, Thank you both, uh, Stephanie and Kyle, for joining me. My pleasure. And uh, once again, out there, if you have uh, any suggestions for people you would like to hear on the podcast, uh, people you'd like to hear come on as a guest with uh, myself or uh, Amory and Ray, uh, you know, let us know, and we'll try and schedule those people in uh, in March. And with that, the opening and closing music is provided by IODA Promonet. The song is TV Party by the Asylum Street Spankers from their Mercurial title put out by Yellow Dog Records. And uh, next week, Amory will be back with me, and uh, listener John Johnson will be our guest. And uh, with that, see you next we week. We sit glued to the TV set all night and every night. Why go into the outside world at all? Nothing better to do than watch TV and have a couple of brews.